You're listening to A Perspective in Black and White with your host, Wayne Perryman, author, lecturer, researcher, and film producer. And now, here is Dr. Wayne Perryman. Thank you for joining us in The Perspective in Black and White. The primary focus of these podcasts is to focus solely on the relationships between blacks and whites in America. In producing the perspective of blacks and white, we want to share some of the historical facts that are not commonly known and often overlooked in American history. The opponents of reparation often say blacks can't sue the United States because the United States never owned slaves. They are correct. But what they fail to recognize is that the United States Congress not only protected and supported the institution of slavery through fugitive slave laws, they failed to protect the rights of blacks after slavery. Eighty years before the formation of the Ku Klux Klan, the system of institutional racism in America had long been established, and they did more damage to blacks than the Klan themselves. Now, the primary goal and concern of these powerful institutions was to use the legal process of the United States to make sure that blacks would never be treated equal and never receive or enjoy the same benefits as white Americans. Now, those institutions included the United States Congress, the United States Supreme Court, the United States military, state legislators, public schools and colleges, the banking industry, local businesses, and public accommodations, and the Christian church. The following are some of the legal acts taken against blacks simply because of the color of their skin. In 1787, the delegates at the Constitutional Convention decided that blacks would be classified as three fifths of a person simply because of the color of their skin. The United States Supreme Court, that was made up of nine pro-slavery justices, they went further than the Constitutional Convention in their decision of the Dred Scott case. Instead of considering blacks as three-fifths of the person, the most powerful judicial system in America gave blacks a new classification. Instead of being three-fifths of a person, the court reduced us to just being mere property, giving us the same status and classifications as the animals on the plantation. And they did so simply because of the color of our skin. The United States military said, because of the color of our skin, we weren't intelligent enough to become officers. And because of the color of our skin, they didn't want us to sleep in the same barracks as their white soldiers or fight side by side with them. The military had the legal right to do this, and their policies were supported by the United States government. In 1896, 33 years after slavery had ended, the United States Supreme Court decided in Plessy versus Ferguson that it was legal 
for states to make blacks sit in the back of the buses, use separate restrooms and drinking fountains, and attend separate schools simply because of the color of their skin. State legislators, they passed laws that said blacks could not run for office, nor could they vote. These laws were enacted simply because of our color, and they had the sanction of the United States government and support of the United States Supreme Court. Ivy League schools such as Princeton, Harvard, and Yale would not allow blacks to enroll in their schools simply because of the color of their skin, and their racist policies were also supported by the Congress of the United States. School boards gave white children better schools and more funding than predominantly black schools. Federally insured banks refused to give blacks the same kind of loans as their white counterparts to finance their farms, their homes, and their businesses. Covenant agreements were legalized through redlining to keep blacks out of white neighborhoods and white communities. With the legalization of black codes, blacks were arrested for simply staying out past their curfew, and they were sentenced to serve their time in prison lease camps. And while some businesses refused to hire blacks or serve black folks, Coca-Cola manufactured white-only Coke machines, and they had the legal right to do so. And many Christian churches justified the mistreatment of blacks by claiming everything that was happening to blacks was done because they were cursed by God through the curse of Ham. These institutions did everything they could to establish and support white supremacy. And when their efforts failed, they resorted to lynchings, bombings, mass killings, and the burning down of entire communities, as they did in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Rosewood, Florida, Wilmington, North Carolina, Springfield, Illinois, Elaine, Arkansas, and New York City. And they did so while our United States Congress and the United States Supreme Court simply looked the other way. No, the United States government never owned slaves but they engaged in practices and supported legislation more powerful than the institution of slavery. In 1951, a group called the Civil Rights Congress had enough, and they filed a petition with the United Nations asking, the, asking them to charge the United States with genocide. The United Nations defined genocide as any intent to destroy in part or in whole a national racial religious group. This was the first time that America's institution of racism was exposed to the entire world. I guess there is a case for reparations. Thank you for being with us today. I hope you will tune in again in our next segment in the perspective of black and white. God bless.
You've been listening to A Perspective in Black and White with your host, Dr. Wayne Perryman. If you're enjoying the program, be sure to share it with a friend. You can find us on Facebook at Wayne Perryman, and you can visit us online at www.godshumanity.com.